Hi everyone. Nice to see you after all these years. Thank you. I'm trying to work out how long I've since I've been to Alan Baptist, and I've never been here. So as long as you've been here, I've never been here. Now I could live with that. Okay. And uh, often when I was invited to places, as the years went on to speak, I would call myself the plug. Because I would go and they would have their program for the months ahead and someone would be scratched out and my name written beside it. But in your program today, I didn't even get a mention. <laughs> someone asked, where is, uh, where is William? Oh, uh, where is he? Just here. <laughs> You're the speaker. <laughs> See you later, everyone. <laughs> now, that's all right. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm just having a bit of fun with some friends of mine here. And I can call them friends, okay? And they've been good friends of ours at Team Ranch and of me personally, so that's great. I knew Alan was a little backward. But you haven't got past the pedal cars, <laughs> like Fred Flintstone had those. Will there be a Fred Flintstone there today? I, I, I don't know, but maybe there will be. It is good to do things in uh, the society around us, everyone, and uh, you never know what opportunities will come. I'm a member of a gym, it's hard to imagine, look at me, but um, strong guys are usually pretty fat, okay? And uh, I was in the gym one of my first time, I I'll tell you, I I've asked God to take over in this meeting, <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to say, okay? But uh, I first went to the gym, and uh, if you go to a gym, or if you're an older person like myself, the music drives you absolutely insane. It's loud. Uh, it was a gym I went to in Australia, had all the rules of the gym, and the first one said, only loud music to be played. That was the rule of the gym, okay? And so I went to the gym, and it's pumping out this music. And it's just music, there's no words. And then as I was squeaking away in the corner, trying to lift weights, so words come out. Your body, the Bible says, your body is a temple. And I'm looking around and said, where did this come from? And then it thumps out for about another three minutes, no words again, and it says, the Bible says, your body is a temple. And it actually, this piece of music goes for nine minutes, and it actually says about three or four times, the Bible says your body is a temple. This is my first trip to the gym ever. And I thought, one of God's trying to tell me something. And I went home and told Jenny that. I said about your body, the Bible says your body is a temple. And then I turned aside on and said, mine's a bit of a Buddhist temple, but I'm working on it. Okay. And I'm at the gym in my early days. And a guy calls me over and he says, Hi, do you ever do Christian talks? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, did you ever write the word history on a board and then circle his and then circle the part that says story 
his story. Do you know that, everyone? If you haven't done it, show your young people where you go. Write the word history, put a circle around his, and then put a circle around the story in a different colour pen. It's his story. I said, yeah, I did. He said, I don't know your name, but I recognise your voice. Like, that to me is jaw-dropping. We're in the changing room, maybe a year or two on later, and he shouts out, well, it was quite packed that day, he shouts out as he's getting in the shower, what's your favourite verse, Bob, in the Bible? Amongst all his swearing that is going on, he, he's the chief swearer, by the way. And I say, Psalm 16, verse 11. Anyone know that one? <laughs> You'll be doing good if you did. Psalm 16, verse 11. In God is the fullness of joy, and in him are pleasures forevermore. He went, oh. He got in the shower, he's tubbing away, and he shouts out, Mine is Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. All this is happening in a worldly, godless thing. You've got to be with people, everyone. You've got to build with people. People want everyone to come to the church. People want people to come to the church. But the church has to go to them. Okay? The church has to go to them. And uh, maybe I will touch on some things in here. I'd like to say also, when you sing Teen Ranch songs, you will never be able to sing them as well as we do at Teen Ranch. All those <laughs> there. Especially when you try to have them on fancy screens. You've got to have them on old boards. All those that have been to Teen Ranch know what I mean. Our song boards. You've got to have them on up the front here. And then you would really sing them, and uh, yeah, we haven't progressed yet. One day they will progress, okay? Someone, William asked me when I came in, how's the work of Teen Ranch? Now everyone, I, it dawned on me, I know I'm a little bit slow on the uptake, but it dawned on me when I went to New Craig's Memorial Church in Kukordi, they've been asking me for years to go there, that they always say, Bob's going to preach this morning, and if you come back in the evening, Bob will tell you all about the work of teenage. And it suddenly dawned on me, hey, wait a minute, what has happened in the past? And it happens here at Ellen as well. Come back and I'll tell you all about teenage, and there'll be about 10 or 15 of you there in the evening. Am I right? Is that what happens in the evening service? Thanks, Mike, for giving me a nod. And all you wonderful people are here, and some of you don't know too much about Teen Ranch. I don't know if the guy up there with the buttons and everything, he can't put up the picture of Teen Ranch there. He can't. All right, that's all right. And, um, but, uh, so, I'm going to try to tie in some things with a message as well about... Teen Ranch, okay? It's the one of Ballandine House, Mike, so it doesn't matter if you just go up. Yeah, he'll find it, okay? Now, Jenny and I heard over 35 years ago, listening to the radio, they said that people often ask, they still ask me. This last weekend, we've been at a wedding, people ask me, what are you doing here, what do you do? 
And they must think this guy is well rehearsed in what he says because he even has a little illustration. I heard on the radio out in Australia that it said 65% of Americans were church attenders. Okay? Didn't say they really believed, didn't say what denomination. 65%. That's pretty high. If there's any Americans amongst us, they might dispute that. People always dispute these things. But just take it as I heard it. 65% of Americans. 12% of Aussies. That's a big drop. 5% of Brits and falling. And when I first shared that here in Scotland, I made enemies, and maybe even now, I make enemies around some of the older Scottish people. What, you think you're better than us? That's, that's the reaction that I got. It's not that at all. It's trying to show us that there is great need, okay? And I turned to my wife, Jenny, and I said, we need to go and see if we can start a camp for kids over there that we worked in Australia. Because it was through the work of Team Ranch, I, the guys and girls that have been there, even the younger ones and the older ones know, that I went to Team Ranch because I heard there was horses and I heard there was girls. And I was 15 going on 16, and most of you guys and older women, will, if you strain your brain a little bit, will remember about 15 or 16, guys and girls were becoming very interesting. Have you forgotten that? Okay. Well, you really are old if you've forgotten that. Okay. And uh, I went because I heard there was horses and girls. But they presented the gospel, and you didn't have to put my arm up my back and make me listen to what they were saying. And I went home and I said I wanted to be a Christian. And I was going to try to be a Christian. Everyone, you can't try to be a Christian. And the thing that we, I said was I wasn't going to spit anymore. This funny. We used to sit in the playground, excuse me. See how far we could spit. In the playground, okay, <laughs> and, um, and some of you will go home and say that guy. I don't remember anything, but he spat in the church. Actually, I didn't. I didn't, everyone. But you can't, okay, and uh, you can't try and be a Christian. That fades away. And I became a Christian, and I left the work in the bank. And it's hard to imagine all you guys know how well financially Team Ranch operates that I used to work in the bank. And uh, I left the bank when I was 20 years old. That means I've been working the work of Team Ranch, doing the work of Team Ranch now for 43 years. A fair time, and I uh, guess I've maybe learnt a thing or two. So we left Australia, and we came uh, here uh, to England, first of all, and then we came on to Scotland, and we fell in love with Scotland. And, uh, we figured it was the second best country in the world, so why not settle there in Scotland, okay? And we found this old mansion house, and soon Mike will have the picture, and you will see how grand the mansion house is. Because some of you have never been there. It's a 29-room mansion house. It's a beautiful house, and it's beautiful for what we use. And now, young people come, we have just finished summer camps. They have come for six weeks, Adults groups come, ladies weekends, men weekend. All the ladies that have been, hands up to show the others, look at that, great turnout. 
Okay, men, put up your hand, the men that have been, oh, oh, I think the men are actually out, do the ladies and come in. So well done, because Mikey didn't even have his hand up, so I count in there. Well, yeah, he's busy. And uh, so we have young people come in there, and we do, the name gives it away, Teen Ranch. Teenagers, basically, and ranch horses. We've got 28 horses. And the young people come. And uh, when we first, oh, there's the big house. Okay, you can just leave that one and be, unless there's a better one, Mike, but that one. <coughs> uh, oh, go back. There's the stairwell. Go back. There's the stairwell going up. And the dining room, look how well we polished the floor is there, guys. So I say, I've never seen it like that. <laughs> okay, and uh, I'm not sure if he will find another one there. There, uh, this one will do. This one will do, Mike, not check it anymore. So there we have everyone. Uh, that house hadn't been lived in for 15 years. And uh, just a little digression here. What time am I supposed to finish? I'm not, they said. Okay, good. <laughs> we went to see our son Bandit in Australia at Christmas time. And we went, to, we had a little thing to follow up, a little contact. And we went to this man, and all the young people here might be bored of my talk, but you wouldn't be bored. He, this guy, had started this huge, big theme, water theme park. And we went to see him because the message was he used to live in Ballandine House. And we went there, and he treated us like king, queen and king. And the, we took our grandchildren and Ben and Lindsay and free day, all the food, or everything that you want. And then they brought out pictures, you guys and ladies that have been there, pictures of what the house was like in its day. You, you know, it was staggering to see the big old house as it was. Beautiful. And um, it was a great little contact there. But the house then lived, was vacant for 15 years. And we worked away and our first camp came in, four kids. And then the second camp came in, eight kids. And that was the summer over, 12th, okay? By the way, everyone, a guy pulled up about two years ago and said, Hi, Bob, how you doing? Oh, yeah, who are you? And he just started talking to me. He said, long life's friend, hey? And uh, he... Um, so I take him inside, and some of the guys know the photo board we've got up there of the big house. He walks over to that and puts his finger on the first picture ever. He said, that's me. I was in the four boys that came to the first camp all those years ago. It was fantastic, everyone, and we had a great time together. The next summer, everyone, we had 50. Then next summer, we had 75. Next summer, we had 150. Notice I've just been through four years there, building up. The next summer we had 300, and then, so that's five years, and the next summer we had 360. Six camps of 60 kids at a time, 360, were riding on the crest of the wave. Okay? But uh, a few years back, because it's gone on for quite a while, hasn't it? I said, oh, I think the recession's passed us by. And then it rose up and bit us. Okay? And uh, we fell right down, our numbers fell right down, whoa, into the hundreds and fifties to two hundreds, rather than three hundred and sixty. 
And then two years back, we had 300 come. And then for the summer, so it's still 60 short. And then last year, we ticked over 302. Ah, we're going ahead. We're, we're moving ahead again. Okay? But this year, we've slipped back again. 258 coming. That's about 100 short on what we could take through the summertime. But it's not only the summer, it's youth groups that are, are falling away. We've got a group there at Teen Ranch at the moment, 14 kids. 14 kids have come in for the weekend. We're not going to make anything out of this weekend, but you're not there for making money. Yeah, but we've got to pay the electricity. We've got to feed the horses and we've got to pay the staff. And uh, so we, we see that the... The great problem that we have here, everyone, and that numbers are falling away. And Teen Ranch, I'm looking down my page just to jump ahead. Teen Ranch can't compete. I had a youth group coming to us, and they said they were offered either come to Teen Ranch for the weekend or go to Disneyland Paris. I'm sorry, everyone, I can't compete with Disneyland Paris. And school groups, there might be some school teachers here, are invited to go to some camps in Scotland here. They are not Christian camps, but they will offer them a staff lounge. Imagine having a nice staff lounge. And a bottle of wine for them to have themselves in the evening. I'm sorry, Teen Ranch can't compete. Teen Ranch won't compete, okay, with these things. And uh, I was speaking to someone just on Friday who said, oh, we had the choice, like the young people have a choice to go away to Chris, uh, different things in our year at school and we could go to Holland. I said, well, that's pretty good. How much did that cost you? 800 pounds for five days. Well, I can't compete. I won't compete. Okay. And our, what is happening at the work of Teen Ranch, we are struggling. You ask me how we're going. You know, I said, just wait and I'll tell you. Teen Ranch is struggling to stay afloat. And it has been for many years. And it's a great ministry, everyone. Just if you want some figures, if there's any accountants out there, if we ran four camps at the moment, we could take 378 through the summer, that would be £96,500 we would take in. Okay, 96 and a half pounds. We're a third down in the numbers, so that's 32,000 pounds less we'll take in at this time. And we need the money to go ahead. Jeff's saying, that's enough, Bob. Don't talk about money anymore. I'm the one who talks about money in this church. Okay? <laughs> reluctantly. <laughs> as reluctantly. Jeff's a friend as well, I can say. And... Um, We've got this, you know, so it's a tremendous pressure we have. My wife gives me into trouble, gets me into trouble, because people ask me, how are you doing? And I say, I'm hanging by a thread. She says, you're not allowed to say that. I said, I still do. But also, De Deuteronomy 32.27 tells us, underneath are the everlasting arms. So I'm hanging on by a thread, but underneath are the everlasting arms. And I read something in there, you know, I tried 
What did I read yesterday, everyone? What about this for a staggering thing? And hopefully I'll get back to what I need to say to you, but maybe this is what you need to hear. It was talking about George Mueller, the man of faith. And he said he had read the Bible from cover to cover 100 times. How you doing? How you doing? You getting up there? 100 times. And I just and I as I read the Bible now, I'm I'm reading passages and I'm getting things out of them that I've never had before. And the other day I read that the Lord hangs the earth on nothing. Nothing. I say to Jen, I'm hanging by a thread. Well, that's more than nothing. And underneath are the everlasting arms that are there. And we've had some rough times this year, like when the beast from the east came, that was a big deal. It was, it was actually beautiful. It's weekend. Yeah. And we had to cancel the ladies' weekend. And uh, it was actually beautiful, ladies, not because of that, but the, the snow was being blown around like ghosts. And I was sitting in my office and it was a spectacular show. The beasts from the east came, we had to cancel the weekends. And uh, Team Ranch had two great friends that died this last year. One guy was called Donald Cormack. You know Donald Cormack? Is he known to the church here? Okay, he was a great supporter of Team Ranch. Or maybe I should have mentioned him next, the next one. Donald once said he believed the work of Teen Ranch was the greatest evangelistic work among young people in the whole of Scotland. I didn't say that. Donald Cormack said that. And we went to his funeral and it was wonderful to be there and Donald just loved the work of the ranch. Another great friend of ours was a guy called Webster Simpson. Anyone know Webster Simpson? Okay, a couple of people. Webster Simpson had a printing business in Dundee, but he raised money to send children to Teen Ranch. And last year, not this year, last year he sent 109 kids to Teen Ranch and they, instead of 260, they only had to pay 50 pounds and he paid the rest. Him in his lifetime, guys, raised one million pounds to send camps to kids here in Scotland. And he died. And this year they just sent 50 kids. The trust just sent 50 kids. And everyone, you guys, I've been promising the guys this, that we were going to revamp our bathrooms. Okay? And we're all excited about that. Some of the guys and girls are coming. Finally, we have these things. Uh, I can't remember what they, uh, what's the word when they, they fill out that form? Evaluation. And I always I say, the bathrooms could be better, the bathrooms. <laughs> so we, uh, there was a trust in, uh, in Scotland who said, we will take the whole lot and we will come in and we will re revamp the whole lot for you. Well, and so I went to Australia. There was a little hitch. You know what the hitch was, everyone? that they had put a little barrier like this, a little uh, a screen like this, and I said, that's the wrong place to put it, put it over here, and because they wanted the whole plans changed because of that, they didn't go ahead. So while we're away, it didn't get revamped. Isn't that absolutely terrible? I was roping. But you know what's happened, guys, at Noah's, and ladies at Noah's? 
is that they've now written, written to us and said they're pulling out of the whole thing, but we'll make a donation. So good luck, Bob, in revamping your, your bathroom. And so we have these knockbacks, everyone. And you know what God's word tells us is? It's in 1 Corinthians 16.9. Listen to this. There is a great and effective door as open to us, but there's many who oppose it. 1 Corinthians 16.9. There is a great and effective door open, but many oppose it. And uh, I believe, still believe very strongly in the work of the ranch, okay, for what it is doing. And to see, I just spoke at Roundup 6. Anyone there at Roundup 6? No one there? Good. Okay. I just spoke at Roundup 6. And to have 43, we average 43 kids. We can actually take 45 kids. Uh, but we average every, uh, no, 65. We had, we, we had 43 kids. It was great privilege. I wonder what I spoke to them about. Because here's this place, I'm trying to give you the picture that presents the gospel. I wonder what I spoke to the young people about. What do you find on the dinner table? Like, how can you get the gospel out of that? What do you find on the dinner table? Well, I'm not going to go through it all with you, okay? But when I came back from Africa just recently, I'm going to get my ticket finally clicked to go on the plane and they grabbed it and ripped it up and said, you have been upgraded to business class. And I'm standing there saying, what's going on here? We're Emirates. They're pretty classy, the old I always ask for a window seat. I got three. Okay. And I rang Jenny before the plane took off and I said, Hey Jen, I'm really afraid. I'm in Dubai. She said, What's wrong? I said, I'm afraid to push the wrong button in case I inject myself out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's got all the buttons under the sun. And uh, for what it's worth, the lady came round, she had, and my son Abe was on the phone then. And I said, I'm in business class. And the lady comes up, Would you like orange juice? Would you like apple juice? What about champagne? And I'm a teetotaler, everyone. Have been all my life. So I said, oh, well, let's just have a bit of champagne. No, I never, everyone. <laughs> I said, apple juice and do things. And my son, Abe, was laughing at the other end of the phone. But you know what? I started with these, the talk with these young people that God wants to upgrade us. If you're sitting there and you're not a Christian this morning, this afternoon, coming up, we're still in the morning, God wants to upgrade you and take you higher than you can ever imagine in this life. And just so, and some of you will recognise this, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. My dad died this year, and we went back to Oz, and my dad had been saying to me over the years, he's not a Christian, well, was he? Uh, and he said, son, I've been learning Psalm 23 off by heart. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. 
Maybe some of you are sitting there today and say, I can recite it off by heart. I'm not sure if I could. The Lord's my shepherd. And he would say it every night before he went to sleep, the Lord's my shepherd. And when he would wake up afraid in the middle of the night, the Lord's my shepherd, he would recite it over and over again. And he, one day he rings me a few years back and he says, I'm struggling to learn it. But I've learned the abridged version. The abridged version? What's the abridged version? He says, the Lord's my shepherd. She'll be right. That's it. The Lord's my shepherd. She'll be right. And Dad, Dad had it together in that regard. And he prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemy. See? I'm talking about things that kids find on the table or you find on the table. And God prepares a table before us. And so we set up a beautiful table at Team Ranch. It was hard to find a white tablecloth. But a beautiful table with a little serviette and silver cutlery and everything and nice candles and then flowers and everything. He prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And everyone... God loves us, but we have an enemy, the devil. He hates us. He hates us as much as God loves us, the other extreme. And if we're talking about the great love of God, the devil hates us in that sort of extreme, the opposite way. So I spoke, began to speak to the kids about things that they find on the table. And I'm just going to share a couple with you and then I'm just going to say some things. Can anyone tell me what's on the golden syrup? There's a lion. Out of the strong will come sweetness. And if you look carefully with your magnifying glass, you can see all the little bees flying around it. It's on your table. You might not have ever noticed. Your golden syrup, you squeeze onto your toast. There it is. And we talked about Samson, how he was a judge. And you know what? It finishes uh, the, the book before uh, Judges. It says, there was no king. So everyone did what was right in their own sight. Everyone, that's the picture of the church today. I am convinced about that. There is no king as it were. So everyone does what is right in their own sight. And where, you know what the Bible says about judgment, everyone? I didn't get so heavy with the young people about judgment. But he says when judgment comes, it will begin with the church first of all. It will begin with the church first of all. And we are following the trends of the world. All you guys that have said this over the past, and maybe you're only a representative, do you think that Christians came up with this thing that said it's only a pint? Don't you realise that the world came up with that and we all followed along with it and say it's only a pint? And can't you see 
the way in which we've been sucked in, here's one for you, and I've just lost about half of you at Friends, if not about three quarters. We're in this coffee, caught up in the coffee, I don't know what, culture. Coffee culture. And everyone raves about they want to do things from society, uh, for the environment, and we know of people who will get up in the morning, they will drive to a coffee place, they will buy their coffee and drive home and then drink it at home. And what have they done? They've turned on the car. <laughs> yeah, but we're in there looking after the environment. And it's, it's become a culture that we are sucked into. People can't live without coffee. Can anyone remember living without coffee? I can. Good on you, mate. I can. It, oh, it was there, but it didn't grab everyone now. And people say, I can't live without the coffee. I can't live without the coffee. And maybe that's you sitting there. And I asked a girl, maybe she was wrong, she said that I was saying, what is it, a flat white, a bumpy brown, or steep black? I don't know what they're called, okay? And somebody else, and said, how much is that when you go away and you get it from Costa, £3.60? I would work that out. You go for 10 days in a row, that's £36. You go for 100 days, that's £360. Works out about £1,290 a year, Jeff. And if I was just to say, if every member of this church says, every time I buy a coffee, I'm going to put that amount of money away and I'm going to give it to Jeff and I'm going to give it to the building fund. You guys would have no trouble meeting your bills. It would all just come. And you know what? <laughs> I said this to people. I said to Mikey, he loves golf, you know. And I said, said years ago, when I came here, and that's why I haven't been invited back for three years. I said something like, the amount we spend on golf in the UK can feed and educate all of Africa for a whole year. And people think, you think that I'm anti-coffee. And you think that I'm anti-golf. But I'm not. This is what I'm anti. Oh, I can't afford to help. I'm too poor. Don't tell me how poor you are when you're spending all your dosh on these other things. And my son Tim's a policeman in Aberdeen. If you happen to be late night in Aberdeen, you guys, <laughs> and a small guy comes up to you, his name's Timmy. He said the girl she works at with, she got her nails done, even though she's pretty tough copper, and one of them broke and she said, oh, straight, that cost me 40 pounds to get those nails done. I can remember going to the shopping centre, there was no nail shops. <laughs> and now they're just door to door, as it were. And we keep saying all the time, I'm poor, I'm poor, I can't help you, we can't help you, we can't help you. Jeff, don't ask us for any more money. We haven't got... And then we spend it on this and we spend it on this. You know what the Bible says about judgment? We're coming right back to Samson there. He was a judge. The church, when the judgment comes, it's going to begin with the church. It's going to begin with the church. And let me just jump over all the other ones I would share to you. Well, there was cornflakes as well. You ever notice what's on the cornflakes packet? There's a rooster. And he crowed. 
And Peter had denied him three times. Okay? They're there. These things are on the table. And there's more. That, there's a fruit. Okay? There's nine fruits of the Spirit, everyone. There's bread that's put on the table. There's clean cutlery. You ever come to teenage and you're scraping? Say, no, 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 about this. I've got to see Bob about this. There's a bit of custard left on my spoon from last time. When you go to somewhere, you, you want it clean. And I took a glass of water. Malcolm, <laughs> thanks for this glass of water. I took a glass of water into the young people and I drank it just like this. Everyone, Jen and I rave all over the world about Scottish water. It's beautiful. Scottish water is beautiful to drink. And I had asked one of the leaders to come with me. And I said to her, Alice, I'm going to ask you to do a strangest thing that I never imagined you would ever be. I would ask you again. And all of you are saying, what is he going to ask? I said, follow me to the loo. And I went into the loo and into the man's pan in the loo. And I got a syringe. And I said, you're watching this, Alice? I sucked some water out of it. And then I went to speak to the young people and I spoke about the pure Scottish water. Then I took out my syringe from the toilet and I put a couple of drops in the cup. I said, who wants to come and drink it now? Would you believe it? One guy put up his hand. <laughs> young people that are sitting here, single young people that are sitting here, why do you think you need to have dirt in your life to make it exciting? Why do you have to break God's rules to make it exciting? You don't, everyone. You don't need dirt in your life. You, don't, you would never drink that, but we think just dirtying up our lives a little bit, that's the fun things that are happening. And here's one. What about the salt on the table? Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. How, everyone, are you going to get that salt out of that container? Do you want to know? You've got to tip it upside down. You've got to shake it. And sometimes you've got to bang it on the table. And if you as a church want to be the salt of the earth... Are you ready for it? God's got to tip you upside down and shake you before you can become the salt of the earth. And Jeff, it's in Haggai. God says the silver is mine. The gold is mine. And I will shake the nations again. And we need to be shooken. Shooken, is there such a word? No. Uh, there is now. Okay. We, we need to be shaken so that we become the salt of the earth. I was reading a book yesterday, just briefly, from Helen Rosenbeer, what a woman. And she said these three words that it was about. Kenya. Yeah, yeah, she was in Kenya. No, she was in the Congo. In Congo. Yeah. I met her in Mombasa. Yeah, I've met her too. We had a lovely time together. She came to our house for dinner. We're just having a nice conversation. <laughs> she is one of my heroes. Have you ever been to Tina, sir? No. You need to come. Too well. No, you're not. <laughs> Our meeting room, this is right, isn't it? 
has all the way around it beautiful pictures of the Christians that have gone before. Hudson Taylor, George Mueller. You know, they're all there. Martin Luther, they're all there. Corrie Tim Boone, they're all there. It's a wonderful thing. And she said that the Christian life is about service, about submitting, and about suffering. You go and proclaim that message out there in the world to these very trendy churches. That if you come, you just you go. It's all about serving God. It's all about submitting to God. It's all about suffering from God. Yeah. You know who rescued up there on Rodden Rear? No. Mike Hart. Mike? Mike Hart, the mercenaries, when she was in, in trouble. All right. In northeast Congo. Yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks. I think Hart. I remember that rescue. But everyone, here we go, and I must finish. The gospel. What is the gospel? What's that thing called, Jim, when I put words next to letters? Someone help? An acronym. An The word gospel, I haven't got it here. But G is for the good news. The gospel is good news. Someone once said, I've got, a, I've got gold in this little tube here. Everyone's interested in gold. But you couldn't see it. But he had cleverly painted the black half, a half of it black. And when he rolled the tube over on its side against the black background, then you could see the gold. And the gospel is indeed good news, but you will never see it, you will never understand it until you see the black and up against the black. It's good news. And then the O can stand for God. Well, wait a minute. No, he's, he's not very intelligent, this guy. The gospel, oh, there's three things they say about God. He's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, and he's omniscient. He knows all things. He controls all things, okay? He sees all things. It's all about who God really is. And then the S is about sin, Okay? And uh, people don't like to hear about the fact of sin. And I've started, you know, I love singing. I've started a new version of Amazing Grace and maybe the church might like to take it on. Amazing Grace and Hats. How sweet the sound that saved a good bloke like me. You want to sing that? Or you want to keep to the old version? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. How do you see yourself before God? How do you see yourself before... You want to stay behind and have coffee and argue with the person next to you if they are a greater sinner than you? Or you want to tell them about all the good things that you are doing in your life? My young friend who works with me says, 1 Timothy 1.15 says, this is a saying worthy of uh, listening to or coming that um, Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners, Paul said, and he says, and I'm the chief. And I'm the chief. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Sin in our lives. And then the plea of gospel is the price paid by Jesus shedding his blood for us. The, G, the E is about grace. 
Well, he's got his alphabet wrong again. No, I haven't, everyone. It's the idea of embracing what God has done. People try to say what they think the word grace means. God's riches at Christ's expense. They put it just down like that. I don't agree with that. Okay, I do agree with it, but I don't agree with it. Because he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. So God's riches at my expense is sufficient for me. Doesn't make sense, everyone. Doesn't make sense. Listen to what I come up with. God's resources at the Christian's embrace. Everything that he has promised is there for you and I to grab, to embrace. That's the gospel. When we hear we're sinners, when we learn what Jesus has done for us, when we embrace it for ourselves and say, I am going to believe, that's the E when we embrace it. And then when we live the life God wants us to live, and he wants us to be the light of the world, and he wants us to take his message into the world. Of course, I would love a story like this, and I finish with it. Finish with this story. Napoleon's armies were all lined up. Napoleon was there on his big horse. And they weren't allowed to move. It was punishment, it was imprisonment, and I don't know what else it could have been. But the soldiers weren't allowed to move. And then Napoleon's horse rears up and breaks the rain. And there he is, the horse is rearing up. And a young soldier in the front row runs forward and grabs the bridle, pulls it to the ground. And Napoleon looks at him and says, well done, Captain. And he stood, stood to attention and he said, of what regiment, sir? He took Napoleon at his word. And if you make Jesus your captain, Rose and Robert, you must be willing to say, of what regiment, sir? But I'm comfortable on the table, the white tablecloth. There's my soul. I don't want to be shaken around and moved aside. And I'll just finish with this light with you. We have a sign up at Team Ranch at the moment that says, from behind the bamboo curtain, the this I know people are well. What's that all about? Does anyone know? The this I know people are well. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. A little secret message from behind the bamboo curtain when it was completely covered. That this I know people are well. Jesus loves me. This I know. Thanks for listening, everyone. Team Ranch is struggling. Okay. In so many ways. And uh, I have information here that we're going to have on the table for when it's Team Coffee Time.
And uh, one of the things is we're asking people if they would like to help us through the winter by donation of donating pound per week. Well, I can't afford it. Don't you watch television like everyone else? Every second hand is about supporting the people here and supporting the people there. We're going to buy my next coffee. I'm addicted. I mean, <laughs> okay. Can you help the work of the ranch? We need your help to continue to stay as folks so that the gospel might be preached. Thanks for listening so well, everyone. Let's have a little word of prayer and I'll tell you if we're doing anything else. Lord, thanks for today and thank you that we can meet here. And I don't know. Hopefully you said something, Lord, by your spirit. Because that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Please bless us and as we sing this song, help us to realise that we have to do these two things, to trust and obey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Musos. It'd be great to see you tonight.